Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. Why are you rolling your eyes at me? I'm not rolling my, your, my eyes at you. The Nightcap. It makes me regret that the Flyers are so garbage early in the season. Oh, right. Anybody could be making right. noise right. Right. Yes, let's let's lament about the Flyers when let's the Sabres were actually in a playoff spot for the entire year. On WGR. Kyle, what is wrong I with you? I can't do this. Sports Radio 550. Welcome to the nightcap. No sneaky for one more night. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, John Simon. We got a full cast of characters here for you. On the nightcap here tonight, a rare studio full of bodies. So, nice little refreshing thing here. Thanks for listening on WGR 550. So, it's been an interesting last couple of days. And yesterday, we spoke with Lindsay Darkangelo of The Athletic based on everything that's going on with the Buttes and the NWHL. And if you haven't listened to that, if you did want to listen to that, that's on demand in the nightcap folder at WGR550.com. Today, well, we got some Bills news. The Bills' entire draft class saved for their third-round pick in tight end Dawson Knox. Everyone else is signed. It might be the quickest the Bills have reeled in an entire rookie class. But it just tells me the same thing that I was saying yesterday in the second hour, Kyle. I can't wait for football. I cannot wait. Yeah, you were jonesing for that for sure. I'm you were jonesing. ready to bypass I'm, the I'm, entirety of summer. I'm re- yeah, I'm ready. For sake of football. For the sake of football, I just might do it. Actually, training camp is still in summer, so I'm not t- bypassing the whole summer. Just a large portion of it. I'm ready. Bills are fun. They're intriguing. They excite me. I'm ready to go. Because hockey continuing to betray us here in Buffalo. A name linked to the Sabres, Ricard Gronberg is no longer a candidate idea for fans to throw around anymore because the Sabres didn't even talk to him. Gronberg signs with ZSC in Switzerland. So bye-bye to those dreams of an awesome, bearded, Sweden coach behind the bench. RIP and peace to those dreams. So now with Gronberg out, what is your idea for the next Sabres head coach? 803 803- 0550 or 1-888-550-2550. What's your idea for the next coach? We're running out of options here. Because if they want someone with experience, well, they should have went after a guy like Vigneault a little more aggressively. Oh, God, if it's Jacques Martin, I might pull a Gates. I mean, if you want experience, that is your guy. Oh, just... Just punch me in the throat. Let's see what's behind door number two. Just just punch me in the throat if we end up with Jacques Martin, okay, Kyle? Because nobody's going to want to hear me complain about that for the next several years. I wouldn't just be you. 
I know, but we're not just let's let's make the world a better place though, and no one will have to hear me continue to pitch about it, I guess. So it's an interesting thing though. If the Sabres are looking for experience, there are a couple of guys that, you know, aren't horrible ideas, but I wouldn't necessarily call them great. I'm just gonna state this one out there. No, we are not getting Lindy Ruff back. Stop saying it. I cannot express that enough. For the people with nostalgia, look, I get that Lindy Ruff was part of some of the greater years in Sabres history. That doesn't mean that he has to come back here. You have to give up nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. Just stop. But after that, it just there there really isn't too much here of a list. I mean, if you want experience, yeah, Jacques Martin's 12th in NHL history with 1,294 games. That's great, but uh, <laughs> the man's 67 when the season starts. What are your thoughts on Dave Tippett then? I'm for it. You're for Dave Tippett? Yes. It's strange, though, because I don't know what the chances are with Tippett either because he is working as an advisor for the expansion team with Seattle. Right. Does that mean that Seattle will just snag him right up? I'd be intrigued to find out. But I would like to see Buffalo get an interview in with him. Because here's the strangest part about all of this with Coach Watch. Aside from McClellan, has there really been any serious conversation between the Sabres and any of these coaching candidates? No, and I wouldn't even call McClellan serious. It was just, I think... There was actual conversation, though. But only because he was here. But there was actual Had the words. Frozen Four not been in Buffalo at the same time that they were searching I for think, a coach? I don't know if that even – But I think we don't know if that even happens. I know, but I think there were just – the fact that there were actual words exchanged between the club and McClellan. I think that's far and away as far as they've gotten, though, so far. Yeah, because I think so I read into a lot of the Gromberg, the Gromberg rumors more than they were meant out to be because to hear today that they didn't even make conversation with the guy, reach out to him, I feel like I was going down a different path a couple of weeks ago thinking that guy was – high because here's on the, the radar here's the big thing if they're waiting for sheldon keith well then the reports about the sabers wanting a man with head coaching experience in the nhl well that wouldn't be the case that would probably mean something more along the lines of maybe they're looking for just head coaching experience but if that's the case gronberg's that kind of guy he's been behind the bench as a head coach but if they want NHL head coaching experience, there's the list is smaller and less impressive. There is a name that, like I said, isn't terrible but isn't great either in Todd Richards. Howard and Jeremy spoke to uh, Aaron Portsline of The Athletic earlier this morning, and we'll bring back part of that interview as well about Todd Richards and what his chances would be as a coaching candidate for Buffalo. And what, his, and what Portsline thought of Richards in Columbus. So, for me, I think it would be Todd Richards, Dave Tippett are both kind of in that same tier of, sure, let's get this going. After that, you know, I, I don't know how seriously I can take anything with Sheldon Keefe anymore. I don't know if Buffalo is going to land him, if they have interest in him. I could say the same for Chris Taylor. And if 
Taylor was going to be seriously considered, there would have been action taking place by now. But after those those guys, and, and of course, Jacques Martin, the other names that remain would be the likes of, say, Lindy Ruff actually becomes a half-serious candidate. After that, it's like Kirk Muller, Bob Bugner, Jack, Jack Capuano. Bugner just got fired at the same time after Housley. Capuano, oof, man, Capuano should have been fired a longer time ago, and maybe the Islanders would have kept John Tavares around. And again, after that, it's like, what, John Stevens, who just got fired from L.A.? What else is there at this point? Dave Haxtall? What? Keep throwing me bad ideas. I, okay. Oh, I, I, I didn't mean that no, seriously. I I'm not going to throw you that. <laughs> but again, what else is there left? You best be able to land tip it at this point for me. Because if not, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Why is talking about the Sabres so depressing lately? I don't. I don't know. I I don't. And the coach the coach watch has really drawn a lot of attention away from a lot of the other issues. Uh, the offer sheet wars are the Sabres going to be involved with that? Is that just another smokescreen? Is that is that ever going to happen between GMs? Jeff Skinner kind of got swept under the rug. It's been so long now that you're kind of just looking <laughs> for God, July one. Right. You're going to end up right. Yeah. We're so worrying about this coach thing that Jeff Skinner is still unsigned, and that's like suddenly in the rearview mirror, and that's going to creep up hard and fast. <laughs> oh, man. So somehow it could actually get worse. <sighs> that's right. You heard me there. Somehow this can actually get worse for the Sabres. It just really makes me think, though, what can they do at head coach, and what are you going to be able to sell me as a fan that next year is going to be okay? Because I don't have any new good news about Jeff Skinner. I don't have anything on a head coach. I don't have anything on a head coach right now. Text line, a couple of people saying Ken Hitchcock, what, so he can retire after one year? Again? I'm, never, I'm not going to take Ken Hitchcock seriously. He's a stopgap for any team that fires someone, and then Hitchcock comes out, and says, you know what? I'll take a paycheck again. Why not? Finish out your season for you guys. That's what I see Ken Hitchcock as at this point. He's a stopgap for teams that fire coaches. Because the man leaves after a year anyway. I don't need Ken Hitchcock. I don't need Ken Hitchcock. I don't even want to take that seriously. Yes, he's got experience, but will he stick around? No. Would you take Jack Eichel as a player coach seriously? At this point, probably. Is that the point where we've gotten? Yes. If you don't get Dave Tippett... Oh, man. <laughs> if you, I can't believe I have to say the words, if you don't get Dave Tippett or Todd Richards, I don't know what you're going to do. You might as well make Jason Pominville a player coach. Bring Pominville back for one year, and then he can just play coach. Pominville's got experience in the league. Oh, my God. Where are we here with this team? Where are we here with this team? The Bills signed their entire draft class. I should be feeling good about things. And then, just like the weather, the minute I transition to the Sabres, 
It just looks gloomy. Just like the weather. Spring is the worst, and the Sabres are getting there right now. The Sabres are kind of... The Sabres are shaving years off of our lives, I think. 803 You can also hit us up on Twitter at WGR550, at DerekKramer49, and Kyle, you're going to need to help me on yours. At Kyle underscore Powell2. So what do we do here, though, with the Sabres when it comes to the next head coach? What would you like to see? Do you believe in this team making the right hire? Because, again, if they hire Jacques Martin, I see a general manager that, well, I'm looking to replace at this point. That's my big thing there. If they hire Jacques Martin, I am looking at general manager candidates. That's me. So we'll see what happens here. Well, out to the phones early on here. As we got Ken in Lackawanna. Ken, you're on the nightcap. What's going on, man? Hi, how you doing? Not too bad. How about you, dude? I, all right. I just wanted to let you know I have, a, I, I have an answer for one of the questions you just asked earlier you didn't know. It's on Tippett. Okay. First of all, he is the front runner. It's been in the paper. It's been on Hockey Night in Canada. He's, he is the front runner. Good. That makes me feel better. To answer your questions, because I, I know this and I, I've been keeping up with it. You know how you said you were worried about if we got him from Seattle and they could grab him back? They can't. Once we hire him as coach, he's ours. They can't take him back. They, they can take another player from our team, but they can't touch him. I, I wasn't worried about like if they actually hire Tippett. Like, it's more or less, will Tippett just decide to stick around in Seattle instead? That would be my concern with Tippett because he is advising the franchise you know, maybe he just goes ahead and says, well, I might as well stay here. I've been helping this team out enough. Oh, I got to. Yeah, that, that's where my concern would be with Dave Tippett, and that's where it's like, come on, guys, if you're going to get a coach that can at least do something decent with young talent, that's where I'd want Dave Tippett. But, but I would want him too, but the main man that I can't believe they haven't even reached out to that I really wanted was Sutter. Sutter is a good coach. He's got good experience. Daryl Sutter? He's a disciplinary, and if, if you don't play for him, you sit in a press box, and that's what I like. Oh, Ken, you're gonna, I'm going to have to level with you here, man. Oh, Ken, you had me. You had me until Daryl Sutter, my friend. You had me. Daryl Sutter is one of the reasons I think that the Los Angeles Kings became a dinosaur. And... Mm. I don't. He might have, but they didn't have a lot of talent either, so he didn't have a lot to work with. I mean, I know we don't either, but this is where Botro's got to start making some deals. I get because whoever comes here is going to want a little more talent. I I do understand that, and and the reason I say part of the blame, Ken. Thanks for calling. The part of the blame there with Daryl Sutter would be, <laughs> well, he can't take all the blame because Dean Lombardi created one of the slowest teams in the NHL. They had a nice little revival last year and made the playoffs, but they, Lombardi's roster got two people fired at this point in Sutter and Stevens, but I don't think that Daryl Sutter is something that we need right now. And he'd be taking him out of retirement. Yeah. Two. That's another one, long-term viability. Are you looking for a new coach, whether you're succeeding or failing? Right. That's why I don't even think about Ken Hitchcock. So that's where it is. <laughs> I'm not sure where I'm at with this team right now. I uh, 
it is an interesting uh it's an interesting thing. This coach watch has been particularly frustrating somehow. Robert in Buffalo, you're on the nightcap. What's going on, man? Robert. Oh hey, I'm here we go. Uh yeah, so I was just kinda mulling over an idea here that maybe it's finally come to a culmination of coaches just might not want to sign with Buffalo. It's kind of maybe a hard sell to bring people in. Yeah, money might be, you know, everybody has a price. But with our half-decent roster, with our coaches leaving every two years, no matter what, it seems like, where, where you, you might want to – did you want to come to Buffalo and end your career as a head coach and go Phil Housley style or, or all these other coaches? I mean, could list them off forever – it just kind of mulling over the idea that it might just be a tough sell. Like it's been taking a long time. There's been a lot of candidates out there. And that's a, and another thing, Robert, with that being a tough sell kind of thing, that's how you end up on guys like giving someone another, giving someone at first chance, like a Ricard Gronberg. But the fact that the team isn't even talking to these kinds of candidates, it's almost like a double-edged sword. You're trying to give a sell on a team that has been firing coaches every two years, but at the same time, the experienced coaches don't want to deal with that game, and you still want a guy with experience. It's a strange position that this team is putting themselves in, Robert, and thanks for, thanks for that point. The fact that they continue to fire coaches constantly. Look, Phil Housley, say what you want. It may have been like a short leash there but the guy finished 31st and then somehow made his team pull something off more frustrating and worse than that with parts of the same roster Tampa Isma looks like a genius compared to Housley at this point it's uh I don't know what to think about this team anymore I don't know if they're going to be able to get this right I don't have the faith that they will But we'll see what happens. Obviously, there's a lot more to go on this. Tippett seems like a guy that maybe there actually could be something there, something promising. But, again, (laughs) the fact that Jacques Martin is one of the names that is more consistently linked than any other coach that I've heard in this coach watch, that has me very concerned. Alex, Niagara Falls, what's going on, man? Hey, guys, yeah, that's just basically what I was thinking was that we're so worried about getting a retread like Daryl Sutter or something. Why is it that all of a sudden Jacques Martin, who's 67 years old and has been in the league forever, with no real, I guess, head coaching track record recently, why is that all of a sudden a good idea? What do you guys think? I, I think it's terrible. I think I don't think anyone's saying it's a good idea. Per I say said, there's nobody in that arc, but – I think it was a name brought up. I mean, the, the fact pipe, is the that, pipeline from Pittsburgh to Buffalo. Yeah. You see, the, the fact is it. there's the connection, and that his name actually has come up more often than many other coaching prospects in any sort of rumors. I've said the words, Alex, to answer your question. I've said the words to Kyle. Punch me in the throat if they hire Shock Martin. So, <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Who knows? Someone texting and saying if they hire Martin, I will be giving up my season tickets. I don't blame you. Because then it seems like for me, Bottrell is having a disconnect on what could be a successful roster. 
on what a successful coach is. <sighs> and on the other side of it, though, on the other side of this, this doom and gloom, the Sabres, I look over at the Bills and Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, and I see a completely different picture. Of course, everything could blow up this season, and our hatred spins back around to football, but I see a team that has a vision. I see a team that is aggressive and going and getting what they want and capable of getting what they want. And that leads me to Mike in Ontario. Mike, you're on the nightcap. Hello. Uh, sorry, my first time caller. I just want to say that uh, I'm a longtime Bills fan, longtime listener for you guys, especially like John Murphy. I mean, I love that guy, John Murphy. He really does an incredible job. Uh, and But I just, I think this is a, I've been following the Bills since uh, like the Foodie Flakes, right? Hello? Yeah, go on. Right, I know that's how I started following the Bills because Doug Flutie, you know, he was a big star up in Canada. He really was. And then when he came down to the Buffalo, that's how I started watching you guys. And uh, I've been watching you guys for twenty years now. I think I'm the jinker because I mean it's um, you've had nothing but bad luck ever since I started watching you. Except for this year, man. I got to tell you, man, this is, in my humble opinion. The best Bills team yet since I've been watching the last 20 years. That's all I'm saying, right? And for like a, you know, for a dozen different reasons. McDermott and, you know, the coach and the GM, and they have just like scored so much, you know, like in the, uh, sorry, in the draft, which should not be minimalized. That's incredible, so important to building the team. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, my only concern is that um, there is a lot of new faces, right? And so is it all going to gel in the first game or two, right? But we, this is a very winning team. Mike, thanks for taking, uh, thanks for calling in. And, uh, you know, there is something, though. There's there's one thing I will counteract with. 2017 was uh, was pretty pretty lucky for the Bills. Can we call it most exciting? Bills yeah. team, most the potential. There's still a lot to be proven. I don't know if I can say it's the most exciting because here's the reason: we do this every year. <laughs> we get into this trap every year where it's like, "Oh man, they're going to be awesome! They're going to be awesome! They're going to be awesome!" And then that's why I'm saying on potential. You see that? I just shot my foot, and that's where we end up with with the Bills every year. Is uh, it's almost like it's a fool's gold kind of thing. But 2017, that took the pressure off the playoff drought. And by God, we needed that. Could you imagine if there was still a drought hanging over this team's head? The misery we'd be going around with, especially with what the Sabres have done the past two years. Thank you, Bills, for breaking that. It was a lucky play by the Bengals and Andy Dalton. Oh, yeah, well, it still happened. Bills still won nine games. They still made the playoffs. That's the rules. If you made the playoffs, you broke the playoff drought. There's no what-if scenario there. 803-0551-888-552-550. Next segment, we'll uh, continue looking into this coach watch, and we'll dive in with uh, the insight of Aaron Portsline of The Athletic, who covers the Columbus Blue Jackets and has some words, mostly positive, that's refreshing, about Todd Richards who used to coach with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, John Simon, 
This is the Nightcap. You're listening to WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, John Simon, all sitting in here before Sneaky Joe takes back over tomorrow night on your nightcap. So if you miss your Sneaky Joe, he'll be back tomorrow. Don't worry about it. He's not gone for long. We're talking about Coach Watch and how infuriating it is. And it is... (laughs) Oh, man. And if the Sabres hire Jacques Martin, I've told Kyle Powell to punch me in the throat. Just don't punch me hard. How's that? I want to at least be able to continue to eat normally. No promises is all I'm going to say. Damn. Oh, well. But with Coach Watch, there are some names that are not Jacques Martin that could be promising hires, and we'll want to dive more into them. Dave Tippett, for example, the former Arizona Coyotes coach, or Todd Richards, the former Blue Jackets and Minnesota Wild coach. Those are guys that we could be looking at. Before we get some opinion, though, from Aaron Portsline, we'll head back out to the phones. Tony and Amherst, you're on the nightcap. What's going on, Tony? Hey. Hey, remember, uh, before I get into my point, I was I was researching um, different coaching styles and all that. And um, Jacques Martin, when he was with Ottawa, they were the players used to complain about they couldn't have the, the puck on their stick. For more than two seconds, they had to they had to get rid of the puck. So Jacques Martin is not a, a, a coach that's going to allow somebody like Rasmus Dahlin or, or or Jack Eichel to, to really dangle around in, in the zone and all that. So I, I, I was I would say that that has to be something that was just conjured up from somewhere. I don't think that he's a, a actual coaching candidate. But Tony, uh, make me feel worse about the Jacques Martin possibility. Why don't you? <laughs> well, that's just that's just him. He's old school. He he doesn't like danglers. But um, to my point, I'm wondering how these. You know how some you know players around the league might hear about Buffalo or different spots and different organizations. I'm, I'm sure that different coaches and general managers are hearing about probably what's going on in that dressing room. You know, with Jack Eichel. Because remember, in, on the exit interviews when he was talking about um, when it was talking about uh, uh, Housley and how, oh, you know, you know, Housley can't be out there playing for us. We actually have to. Go. It, it would have looked bad if Eichel would have said anything negative about Housley because this would be the, this is the second coach that's fired under him. I don't. I'm, 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 I'm thinking that maybe that you know Jack Eichel has a role to play in this, man. As far as these coaches maybe not wanting to come here. I'm not sure what kind of role you would you would mean by that, Tony. It's, I mean, Eichel said it late in the season. The players are the ones that are out there playing. They're the ones that end up getting him fired because they're not playing well. I don't know if that has any bearing on how the coaching looks or how it looks with this team with Jack Eichel there. I mean... If you want to compare things, I mean, Connor McDavid's made the playoffs only once in his four-year career. So you want to talk about that sort of thing. One of the greatest players that we've seen in this generation, he's only made the playoffs once. Is there a problem there with Connor McDavid getting coaches fired? No, it's not. The, that's not the case. Sasha Barkov is one of the more underrated talents in the NHL. He has not made the playoffs 
No, he made the playoffs with the lockout shortened season, if I'm not mistaken. They made it in 15-16. Yes. The Islanders series. The Islanders series. But is there anything about Sasha Barkov that gets coaches fired? No. Gerard Gallant got canned from this team when Sasha Barkov's on it. Is he a guy that's getting things, you know, <laughs> is he getting coaches fired? No. At some point, though, there is there is something that has to be asked about the roster construction and the coaching style. And for a Hall of Fame defenseman, your team has been a mess the last two years defensively. Yeah. And that's the most damning statement about Phil Housley. Take a quick break from hockey, though. We do have some news from One Bill's drive via Sal Capaccio. Derek Anderson has just announced his retirement. All right, then. That's good potential news for Tyree Jackson, who signed as an undrafted free agent. That's exactly where my head just went, too. How about that, huh? You think you think Derek stays around, though? Yes. Yeah? I think he stays think around so. as, like, a consultant to the quarterbacks, and then Matt Barkley is your primary backup, and then you get a possibility. This this helps the chances of Tyree Jackson sticking on an NFL roster this year. And Sal's tweet right there. Suddenly, Tyree Jackson has a very real shot at a roster spot now. And sometimes a circumstance like that has to open up for a young project quarterback to make a roster, and who knows? We'll see it. And I'm now I'm very excited to see what happens there with Tyree Jackson in training story. camp. Another reason to just... Let's get to training camp. Let's you feel, go. You feel you feel better now. Let's this go. This is a completely different. Derek Look at that. We're we talking had. about Bills, and I'm perking up all of a sudden. Oh completely my god! Completely different Kramer oh, than the, we had. Oh, the Bills two make ago. the Bills make me so happy, and the Sabers piss me off to no end right now. Oh, tale of two stories, a tale of two teams. Eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. We'll we'll wall some more in some sadness, but on a more positive side of things because. Todd Richards, one of the coaching candidates that's being linked around to the Sabers as of late as a potential head coaching candidate, Aaron Portsline of The Athletic joined Howard and Jeremy this morning to talk, from what I'm seeing, rather positively about the former Blue Jackets head coach. One of the other names that was mentioned uh, was Todd Richards, former head coach of the Blue Jackets, former head coach of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, We're going to the uh, Western Hotline uh, because the last team he was head coach for was in Columbus. He actually took them to the playoffs one year. And Aaron Portsline covered those teams, still does cover the Blue Jackets for the Athletic, and is joining us right now. Aaron, it's Howard and Jeremy. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Um, So I actually do, out of curiosity, have current Blue Jackets questions for you at the end. Uh, But Todd Richards. Um, describe his, it wasn't a long tenure, but describe his tenure as head coach of the Blue Jackets. Well, he was an assistant here for a, a while before he was elevated to head coach. He took over that job on an interim basis and did well enough for them to to hold on to him. Um, I think he's a hell of a coach. I did some poking around this morning. It certainly sounds like most people think Jacques Martin is the, is the leading candidate there in Buffalo, but I think Todd Richards is a hard guy to would be a hard guy to say no to. He's he I think he sort of revealed himself as a players coach here. He's not a guy that lights up the room. He's not confrontational. When the Blue Jackets hired John Tortorella, they went almost 
as they often do. You go good cop, bad cop, good cop, mm-hmm. bad cop. Um, so, you know, he's not at all like Tortorella. Players here would say that the way he motivated was by showing you that he was disappointed in you, and that made them feel worse than any remount session they ever got from a coach. So good X's and those guys. He's been in San Jose. He's been in Pittsburgh. He's coached and been part of coaching staffs with some really, really good teams. Was there, um, in his time in Columbus when he took over for Arneal, was there an identity that he wanted for those teams? If there was, what would it have been? Yeah, it's a good question. I think he gives space to players. He he wants, uh, I don't think he's overly uh, oppressive. I mean, you, you look at guys like Ken Hitchcock that, that want everything prepared for and everything is, is part of the X's and O's and everything is planned for almost to the point of overwhelming players. Never got that sense with Richards. I think he lets the skill players go. I think players appreciate the freedom they have under him. Uh, I do think he needs to have a certain kind of assistant coach that can be the hard ass, if you will, Yeah. Uh, that can strike the fear of God into players. Um, he's kind of a modern-day CEO coach, to be honest with you, where he you never have to worry about Todd Richards and how he handles himself in any setting because hmm. uh, he is he's the ultimate professional. Did he have a bad cop on his staff in Columbus? Yeah, he had some – I mean, you know, he had some guys that could – that could uh, light it up. I mean, it changed a bit from year to year because they, they would lose guys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that element existed. I don't. I think that's something they felt they needed more of when they made the move to Tortorella. Um, you worry about really young guys with the coach like Tortorella, at least a lot of people do. Uh, but they felt like the, some of the players here needed a, a kick in the, in the back end and a, a sort of a crank up in discipline. Um, and so they went that that direction, but I certainly don't. I don't think Todd Richards is in any ways a passover or a pushover. I should say. I think he's, I think he's a coach that knows how to get get players motivated and get them going. One of the problems the Sabers had among their problems, Aaron, was they were not good defensively as a group, as a team. How, in terms of structure, in terms of play in their own end, how were his teams in Columbus? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, I think so much of that. Uh, it leans on your goaltending, right? I mean, those guys make make uh, bad look good and good look great. Um, I think they were okay. I mean, it, his years here, he took them to the playoffs the one year. They almost made it the previous year. They lost the last game. They they won the last game of the season, but they lost out by a point. He his uh, his the one year his team had almost 500 man games of injuries, which is absurd, and it was to the high high up in the lineup guys. Um, and, but the other thing that, that, that became a almost a tradition here when he was here, and I, I don't know if you put this on the coach or what, they would have poor starts followed by really strong finishes. And every strong finish would be caused, at least for the organization, to say, everything's on the right path here. And then they would get off to a slow start the next year. The third time in a row it happened, 0-8 in Columbus, that was it. And, and Or I think he was 0-7 under Todd Richards. Mm-hmm. And then they made the move to bring in in uh, Tortorella at that point. And at that point, I, I wanted to ask you if, you, if you felt there were weaknesses to him as a head coach, what it would be, do you think because of what happened when he was fired that it was maybe sometimes he needed to be tougher? Or, or was there something else that might have stood out? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you can find that with, with anybody. Like when Tortorella gets fired here, people are going to say it's because he's too tough, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, that's just kind of the way it goes. 
Richards was here for, I want to say, like three years, most parts of three years as a head coach. That's about the NHL average. Um, so I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was certain that he failed necessarily. It's just that time had come for for a new look, a new voice. Aaron, thanks for coming on with us this morning. Appreciate you giving us a little uh, little background on Todd. Okay, guys. Sorry about the voice. I'm fighting it right now, but thanks for having me. Not bad from Aaron Portsline there of the Athletic, joining Howard and Jeremy earlier today, talking about Todd Richards as a potential coaching candidate and someone that. Uh, is on my short list of I won't hate my life if the Sabres hire this guy. That's the that's the header of the list. And that list is him, Dave Tippett, Sheldon Keefe, Chris Taylor. Yeah, I told you when we were listening to that that I think I could be sold. Now, at this point with Gronberg off the market and Gromberg coming out and saying, well, I didn't have NHL coaching experience, so I didn't get any offers from the four teams that are still left that have vacancies. They want people with NHL coaching experience. If you're going to have a guy who's a retread, then at least take from the tree of a winning pedigree. This guy was part of a lethal penalty-killing unit in Tampa Bay and ran their deep pairing and has coaching experience in Columbus. Tampa Bay, 2017-18, went from the 28th, Rated power or penalty killing unit to the first. I mean, under all that Richard's talent tutelage. probably Plus helps. That, sure, yes, it probably helps. Doesn't mean he doesn't have ideas. That's true. And I understand the penalty killing wasn't exactly Buffalo's problem last year with the power play, but it's he may as well enforce what you're good at. It was just the defense as whole yeah. too. There was secondary scoring. There was four different pairings for four different games in a given week. It was a different jigsaw puzzle every night. Trying to solve these guys. Where Marco Scandella fell off a cliff. There was, and no no, con- there was no continuity. Scandella fell off a cliff and nothing was done about it. <sighs> Man, I can't. Can we get some positive news, Sabres? Because I can't keep doing this. It's physically taxing. It's probably physically taxing for anybody to talk about the Sabres. They're buddies at this point. Hey, man, what do you think happens with the coach? Oh, we got to talk about this. Man, I'm tired all of a sudden. That's probably how the conversation goes. 8030551888552550. Sabres coaching hires. What do you think will happen? Do you have faith that the Sabres will actually make the right decision? We can even bring some bills into this. Pretty much all the rookies signed. Minicamp starts tomorrow. How are you feeling about the bills? Are you optimistic? Is this season more hype than anything that you've recognized in years past? Is this just another fool's gold opportunity where we can all get got and get fooled throughout the season? Well, let's have a talk about it. Phones are open. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, John Simon, we're all hanging out here. Thanks for listening. This is WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, John Simon, where we fight for our right to want a decent Sabres coach. This is the Nightcap on WGR. Sneaky Joe will be back tomorrow night. We've been talking about Coach Watch and how frustrating it can get. Do you have faith that they'll make the right decision? What is the right decision to you? Well, that's what we're asking you tonight. And we'll bring that question up here with Zach on the Nightcap. Zach, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, man? Um, 
You know, I, I was listening this morning to you know Howard and Jeremy. They were talking to the guy who was in Columbus, and uh, I'm just not a big fan of Todd Richards. Uh, you know, he hasn't had like you know really outstanding success, and you know the fact he's saying he's kind of a softer coach, and I think that was kind of what what uh, Howie's problem was. You know, he, he wasn't getting on the players to produce, and you know I, I think it's time to move on from that kind of coach. I would agree with that, Zach. And thanks for the call, and thanks for the input there. It. Richards does have another flaw that Portsline points out, and it's uh, terrible starts, which was another flaw that we saw with this team recently, is they would get off to poor starts, and the next thing you know, the season's dead. That's something that almost became a staple for Richards in Columbus was they got off to a poor start, and once they made the playoffs off of it, and then there was one time where they missed the playoffs by one point, and I know that Sabres fans would be rather salty about that sort of thing happening here now with this uh, with this current group. Are you referring to starts of a season or starts of games? Start of a season. Starts of seasons. Yes, that's that's more troubling to me than a start of a game. You can always come back in a game a little more easily than you can from a piss-poor start to a season. I mean, they started 0-7 and then they fired Richards for Tortorella. Once you go 0-7 to start off, it's not going to go well. If you lose seven games in a row anywhere, it generally doesn't go well for you. Ask the Sabres. They lost eight this year. (sighs) I hate this team. Who knows? Who knows what we get with this? Um, Maybe, maybe if the right coach gets hired, maybe we can talk about the Sabres in the playoffs. Speaking of playoffs, in a little more than seven minutes, Carolina and Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. As if hockey has not been putting me in some sort of a depressive state enough, I have to pick between the lesser of two evils with Carolina and Boston. So what do I do here? Naturally, if you've heard anything I've ever said, I'm going to pick the Hurricanes as my team to back here. And yes, I am still a little salty about 2006. But I also know that I'm a decent enough kind of person that I would never hang up on a beat reporter just because he's Southern and he knows something about hockey. That Boston, that Boston show host that hung up on that Carolina beat reporter, that's a joke and a half. And sadly, it's that congrats, they're getting publicity over it because they're being silly, stupid Boston people. But... uh That just kind of reinforces my point of I hate everything about your arrogant butts, Boston, and I hope your teams lose. That continues here. The Celtics lost. Couldn't have been happier. First basketball take you're going to hear from me in a while. Couldn't be more thrilled that the Boston Celtics lost. Why? Because it was a Boston team that lost. Stupid awesome. And now I hope the Carolina Hurricanes advance to the Stanley Cup Final and beat the Boston Bruins just so that I can go ahead and say that a Boston team lost. You're salty. I don't know what, I don't know what everyone's talking about with me. I'm not no, salty. Never. I'm not salty. You're salty. No, never. Uh, some up-to-the-minute Sabres news before we head to the top of the hour. Not news, just another rumor. Chad Dominicus, SB okay. Nation. Says another name to throw into the Sabres coaching mix. As a source indicates, there is some interest in former Flames head coach and current KHL coach uh, Bob Hartley, who we briefly discussed earlier as we started the show. Derek is now going to leave. Bye. All right. So 
Yeah. Yeah, so Bob Hartley. What do you think of that? Close the damn segment. Close the damn segment. He wanted Jack Adams. What's that do for you, huh? So did Dan Bilesma. Where did that get you? See, this is what I wanted. Close the damn segment! I hate this team. They're ruining my life. This is the nightcap. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, John Simon. Back after this on WGR. Ah! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.